Podcast friends, my name is David Lee, and you're listening to the Inspire Design Create Podcast, giving freelance filmmakers a voice, sharing their stories, and connecting the world of cinematography, commercial filmmaking, and starting your own business together. Let's go. Pretty good. Podcast family, friends, what is going on? Uh, let me adjust this mic a little bit. Got my coffee. Ready to record this sucker right here. Uh, what is, what's going on? You know, it feels, feels like every week uh, something is changing in regards to like life, right? Um, could be the economics. It could be stuff happening in, around the world that is just crazy, you know, wars or local stuff. Um, but hopefully wherever you are in the world, um, you are able to take in everything that's happening and uh, make something positive out of it. No idea how. I just heard that from someplace and it sounded pretty good to me. So today, <laughs> with that being said, uh, let's talk about the Sony FX9, right? Cameras. We all we are all looking at, at cameras and, and I have been, um, what's the word? I have been victim of that before too, where I, I felt having a specific camera would better my life, would better my business, would give me more jobs, more work, a bigger network. Now, that being said, I was actually having this conversation with um, with a good friend of mine who uh, who's an amazing actor, actress, uh, and who's also been uh, first day seeing for me. And we had this conversation because we we've all been we've both been in different um, inspections of of the industry. Uh, she also has worked as a PA on um, on the show SWAT for the past four seasons, and also starting season five pretty soon. And we have this conversation as like, you know, we, we've all seen people who are, you know, 23, 24 years old or something like that, 20, 22 years old, uh, working um, union shoots as a steady cam operator or, or something in that in that vein. Right. And usually it's because um, their parents know someone or or they have someone in their in their direct network that helped them get the job and kind of bypass all the all the bullshit of like working as like a loader working as like a second AC for like eight years and then maybe a first AC for another 10 years, you know, stuff like that. Um, there's uh, individuals who through some means of of uh, financial, uh, what's the word, uh, financial luck, I guess in some way, shape or form, uh, were able to buy like an Alexa mini or, um, or a red early on, you know, in like by the time they were 22, 23. And so that helped them get on more jobs and the, when they are able to get on more jobs, they can build their network, so on and so forth. They can build their craft and, and all that jazz, right? Um, but that's such a small um, percentage of people, uh, at least that I know of, that can do that and that have been able to do that. So how about for the rest of us, right? Does a camera like the FX9 make sense for you to buy? Uh, so that's kind of like background as far as like what this podcast episode is and also like the podcast in general, right? Is like reality of stuff, not what you see on YouTube, not what you see on Instagram, because all you see on YouTube and Instagram for the most part is like highlight stuff, right? You don't see the like the boots on the ground, the hands in the dirt, you know, the the foot in the mud. Like you don't see the reality of what it means to be an owner operator, to be a small business owner, uh, to be a freelance cinematographer, camera operator, right? Whatever, whatever your uh, your flavor of life is career wise. And uh, so that being said, you know, for me, the FX9 as an owner operator, as someone who is a freelance cinematographer, someone who uh, does do documentary films, who does branded documentary work, 
um, going from the FS7, that camera was perfect because it uh, it ticked all the boxes. I needed something that had good dynamic range. I needed something that had built-in XLRs for um, for documentary type work. I did something with built-in NDs again for doc work or even for you know shoots. Whether I have uh, eight people on set as or eight man crew or a two man crew, having built-in NDs is, is just faster, right? It just makes things. Um, it just makes the workflow faster. Uh, I need something with a strong, uh, a strong built-in codec, a 10-bit uh, codec, 422. I don't need raw. And uh, what else? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, for the most part, just a good amount of latitude. Something that was pretty, pretty good in low light. And so the FS7, uh, you know, ticked all those boxes. Now moving forward with the FX9, the reason why I chose to upgrade to the FX9 was I felt like the FS7. I mean, it's an old camera. It came out in like a 2015 or something like that, you know? So it, it, it's shown its age. Not to say that the camera isn't being used because uh, you can go on um, on Staff Me Up and, and other sites uh, to find work. And a lot of them still want the FS7. Uh, I have been seeing more FX9 jobs come in replacing of the FS7. So, you know, got to thinking, okay, well, you know, since I'm seeing a little bit more... Um, opportunity that the FX9 is being given in the industry, it might make sense to actually get the camera now. Um, and so again, it has everything the FS7 has. Better color, obviously. Uh, it has S Cine tone, which is again like something nice to have. It's not something that uh, I was um, I was like glamming over. Like, oh my god, I need to have S Cine tone. Um, right now, I've been shooting uh, everything in S Log3. Uh, I was surprised that there was no S Log 2. I did not know that. So that was kind of a bummer as I do. Uh, I've been so used to S Log 2 since my A7R Mark II, you know. Um, but that being said, so a lot of S Log 3 and uh, the new Phantom LUTs that are made for the FX9 uh, have made everything just look really, really clean, really polished, really, really solid colors out of the box, right? Um, it has the variable ND, which I absolutely love. Um, you can use, you know, full stop ND if you want preset in the camera, um, but that variable ND gives you more control over your image fast, right? Where, you know, sometimes if you need it, say, um, if if you're exposing things and you need just another half a stop of, of ND reduction, you would need to go get, you know, like a half stop ND. Uh, now you can actually just do it in the camera um, with the variable ND. Uh, now, if you're already maxed out, the camera has seven stops of ND. So again, if you're maxed out, you know, you need like seven and a half stops, then you know, there is that, but anything below seven stops, you need a half, then like you're good. There is the dual native ISO, which I actually was kind of disappointed at because uh, I, I was thinking based upon my previous experience with the Blackmagic Pocket Cinema Camera 4K, uh, when you go into, you know, with that camera, when you go into like the the uh, second base ISO um, of 1250, I mean, it's a super clean image in low light, you know? Um, and so that's what I loved about that camera. And so I figured, okay, well, with the uh, FX9, it'll probably do the same thing, right? Because it's all just digital electronic circuitry stuff, right? Uh, to my surprise, it doesn't do that. <laughs> it's actually kind of noisy. <clears throat> I think when, oh my God, my throat. Sorry, little coffee sip. Mm. So I think what it does is... Um, you're getting you're getting a cleaner image if you were uh, comparing if you were to say use ISO 3200. So if you go from 3200 to 4000, the image does clean up, but it's not like day and night different. It's it's like 
you know, very, very slightly uh, less noisier, if that, if, that, if that makes any sense. Um, so that was kind of a surprise to me where, you know, it feels like for running gun, for dock films or for, you know, super fast stuff where you can't light it, um, ISO 4000 is noisy, so you're going to need to denoise it. Um, if you can light it, right, so for if we're working in a larger budget realm, ISO 800 is actually better because with ISO 800, you're, you're not cranking up to a secondary ISO, which is going to force the camera to try to see things that it can't see, right? So ISO 800 and then light the scene and you actually have a cleaner image than going to um, 4000, at least in my test. I could be wrong. I could be a shithead. I have no idea. All I know is what I tested um, was ISO 800. If you light it, it's pretty much less noisy than if you were to go ISO 4000 and then, you know, drop an ND and that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, so there is that. Uh, and then other than that, you know, it, it just felt like um, it just felt like there, it was just time to upgrade. You know, it was time to kind of move on from the FS7. I still have the FS7. I plan to keep it for another year on rentals. Um, and for projects who maybe they are, uh, her clients may be a little bit mm, wary of using the FX9, then I still have the FS7. So, you know, I didn't, I didn't get rid of it. It's still here. Pay the FX9, the whole, my whole kit package, the Tilted cage, um, the Tilted full cage, everything uh, cash. So, you know, this camera is basically, I've already had it on two shoots. And so the way I think about, uh, the way I think about the financial part of it is if you buy it in cash, then, you know, you're not waiting like a year or two years to pay it off. And then being able to make income off of that, uh, that, that rental rate, right? So right now I've been able to make money, uh, income off of the rental rate, you know, since the first shoot. So, you know, if you can get it camera, whether it's the FX6 or the FX3 or, um, whatever flavor is, you know, S1H, uh, black magic, right? Pay it off in cash if you can. And that way you can start adding on that rental rate as soon as you bring that camera on your first job, right? And then on the next job and then on the next job. So that way that camera is already making you money from the get-go rather than waiting a year or two just to make uh, an additional profit off of it. Uh, let's see, what else? I got some questions um, in regards to why I got the FX9. So just not too many, just just a handful, less than a handful. Uh, first one is ease of use in the real world uh, filming that comes from Perry. Uh, ease of use, I would say the menus are still trashy, just like just like all the old ass FS7 <laughs> menus. So eh, it's a little better, but by a little, I mean like 2% better. So uh, ease of use in regards to switching settings. Uh, if you can configure the camera with the um, the preset buttons, there's um, on the camera body itself, you have three, four, five, six uh, assignable buttons on the camera itself. So I would suggest, you know, things that you normally need to do, like say dual ISO, I have to set, I have set to button three. Um, autofocus, uh, autofocus mode, you have like, you have the, what is it? You have like flexi zone wide and flexible spot. Uh, or not flexi zone, that's canon. You have like zone uh, wide and then flexible spot. And then you have the um, transition speed. So I have those two on different uh, different assignable, assignable buttons. Uh, and then on the grip itself, I think you have like th um, 
for three or four other asylum buttons. So if you do shoulder mount stuff, or if you have a camera configure where you use the uh, the hand grip a lot, then you have assignable buttons. Uh, I would say if you have that, whereas the FS7 didn't have a lot of those, the FS7 only had like four or something like that, uh, then that will make your life on set a lot easier, make it faster, make it, uh, again, just easier to, to switch things quickly. Um, I will say switching like between the different scan modes, going from like 6K full frame to 5K full frame crop to Super 35 4K crop, um, it's very fast, very, very uh, snappy, which is very nice. If you, again, you know, don't want to wait around for the camera to reboot and that kind of stuff, then it's pretty fast. The ND, it's kind of interesting because when you, like with the FS7, it just has a knob to turn the ND. Whereas since this one is an electronic ND, as soon as you hit the ND, it's like a little button you hit. You hear like a ring and you see like the electronic ND like cover the sensor. So it's some weird like transformer kind of thing. Kind of weird, um, kind of cool. If you're into like tech, it's like, oh, that's kind of cool. The NDs, the NDs like, you know, covering the sensor now. Um, so yeah, I would say a variable ND is fast. I don't, I think there's a setting because for some reason when I, when I scroll the ND wheel, it's slowest, it's kind of slow. So sometimes like, I'm just trying to make adjustments and I'm like, why, why isn't it doing it? So I'll, I'll keep cranking it and then it starts to do it. I think there's a button or a, an adjustment for that. I need to find that. Um, so know that, uh, but ease of use. I mean, if you're used to like the FS7, if you're used to the FS7, if you're used to cameras like that, then the FX9 is, is same thing, nothing different. Uh, next question is your own thoughts using it on set. Yeah, so far I've had it on, uh, on a commercial and I've had it on a, uh, on a corporate shoot and thoughts on using it. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like, I love the FS7 and so the FX9, there is nothing that. I shouldn't say there's nothing that I hate about it, um, but it's basically the FS7 plus more, my right? plus extras. So, um, I mean, it's an amazing camera handheld, uh, whether you're going, you know, pure handheld or easy rig. Uh, I'm still able to use my easy rig mini max on this guy, but it is maxed out. So, you know, it is stressing uh, the, the tension and the and the, the pulley system on the on the uh, mini max. So I, I did order the Vario 5. Uh, I think it's on back order though, so I don't think I'm gonna get it till like July from what it looks like. Call around to different places and it's a back order everywhere. Um, but yeah, for anyone wondering, I'm still able to use it on my Mini Max um, with the tilt of full cage minus the shoulder pad, uh, a 98 water, 98 water, 98 watt hour gold mount battery, uh, small HD, ND7, uh, 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 small rig handle, uh, Sigma 18 to 35 high speed zoom, um, Bright 10 Dream Misfit Atom with uh, filtration in front of it. Um, yeah, and you know, I mean, it, it's a pretty stacked camera, so I'm still able to use my Mini Max on it, uh, getting great results with it. You can go handheld with it, so which is always which is always a plus. Um, I don't know, I mean, it's just a great camera, man. Like the colors are the colors are. I wouldn't say like like way better than the FS7, but I would say they are much better than the FS7 um, in regards to grading and just putting on a good LUT, like the Phantom LUTs, uh, not sponsored, um, but super, super great LUTs. I just bought, I, again, I bought the FS7 ones and I just bought the FX9 ones, so I'm not you know, getting anything from anyone, um, at least not in regards to LUTs, so yeah. Um, but uh, camera is great, man. Camera's great to use on set, so hopefully you can, you can rent it uh, when you have a uh, larger shoe coming up. 
And then uh, last question from Mr. David Wu, cinematographer David Wu. Uh, go check out David's stuff, man. If you guys are into uh, like really good, having a really good eye for for emotion and also you know doc filmmaking, then definitely check out David. Uh, David Wu official on Instagram. Uh, but David asks, why did you choose the FX9 over the FX6? I think that's probably the most asked question uh, I've received so far. And the answer is, with the FX6, when it comes to XLRs, you need the top handle. So that was kind of a game breaker where I don't want to have to use a top handle just to have XLRs. Kind of defeats the purpose for me. Um, there was also the uh, the question of the body itself where, unfortunately, we do work in, in an industry where, you know, clients and agencies are used to certain cameras, right? So let's just say the FS7, for, for instance. If I had brought the FX6, onto set with clients and agencies who normally are used to the FS7, then not to say they wouldn't have opted to go with the FX6, but I would have to like talk to them and negotiate with them and say, hey, you know, this camera is in, in, in almost all regards better than the FS7. It's just a little smaller and it's newer. And sometimes that might scare people when you say it's newer. Um, whereas if I bought the FX9 and all I would need to say is, hey, the FX9 is actually the updated version to the FS7. There is extra features, there's more features, there is better color, uh, and we can do a lot more with the FX9 than we can with the FS7. Then for them, it's like, oh, cool, we get more? Awesome, you know? Uh, so that was really the main reason. Uh, also, when it comes to, like for me, I, I do prefer a heavier camera for, for handheld work. And obviously you can you can build out the FX6 to make it heavier, right? Which uh, I probably would have done. Um, but the FX9, I feel like it's just slightly heavier than the FS7, even when I build it out. And so that's perfect for me. Um, other than that, I mean, to be honest, the FX6 actually has more than the FX9 does. You know, I mean, it has time code, it has gen lock um, for those types of shoots, multi-cam stuff or whatever. Um, you get 4K 120, it, the FX9 tops out at 4K um, 4K 60, but you actually need to be in, uh, I think I think you need to be in the 5K uh, full frame mode, which not a big deal, but you know, still, if you have a full frame sensor, you, you kind of want to be able to use the, the full width of the sensor, right? Uh, so there is that, and I, I'm i pretty sure the high ISO on the FX6 at 12,800, right? I think it's 12,800 is way cleaner because I mean I from what I've seen like that actually looks like it switches circuitry right just like the Blackmagic pocket cameras do um the 4k and the 6k where you get a cleaner image uh when you switch the higher base ISO uh just like the a7s3 where yeah 12,800 or whatever the number is 16,000 it, it's just a cleaner image um so there is that like there there's actually a lot more I think there's a lot more pros for most people who are owner operators, running gun, corporate, music video, wedding, all that kind of stuff, right? You're literally doing every kind of project imaginable. I think the FX6 is probably a better choice for you. Whereas for me, since, you know, I really have transitioned more to uh, commercial and, um, and still dock work, I feel like the FX9 for me is much better just because I have more options to build out the camera. Whereas the FX6, for again, for, for my style of work, um, I would be stuck with having the top panel on there all the time uh, for the most part. So 
So yeah, so so there's that, you know. But again, you save the FX six is probably five thousand dollars ish, um, less uh, less than the FX nine, right? So kind of have to factor that in and see if that works for you. Uh, and I think that's it because now I am at uh, twenty minutes, and probably most of you probably already have stopped listening to this because it is just about a camera. And at the end of the day, the camera does not make or break your career. The camera is just a tool, right? I know you've seen plenty of people out there with Reds and Alexas or this camera and that camera and they're they're working, they're being able to travel to Italy and go to Canada or wherever the hell they're going. You're like, man, if only I had that camera. You know, trust me, everyone's journey is different and and for those people, that's great, right? They were able to get a camera um, through some means and it supported them. But if you're in a situation where, you know, you're still working like, you know, $500 day rate jobs, $400 day rate jobs, no budget jobs, just to kind of, you know, get your name out there, like keep doing those, but but progressively listen to the other podcast episodes I've talked about as far as like budgets and charging clients and rentals and, and things like that, right? So that way you can start to get away from those lower budget shoots, still use the same equipment you have because you could you could get like a thousand dollar day rate with using like a, a, a GH5, a Sony a7S3, a Blackmagic Pocket 4K um, because I've done it. And, and, and if I can do it, then you sure as hell can do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, don't worry about the camera. That's for way later on when the camera actually matters. Um, because, you know, for all those guys, they're still shooting, you know, Instagram shit with, with a red Gemini or with, uh, with an Alexa mini. And at the end of the day, who gives a fuck? Like it's on Instagram or it's on whatever platform, right? It's still not going to look that great. Um, so again, don't let the camera be the, um, be like the vice scripts that are holding you back. All right. That's it for me in this episode. If you liked the episode, please rate it on Apple iTunes. I'd appreciate it. Uh, subscribe to my podcast so you can uh, be witness to all of the shenanigans every week and share with your friends. Maybe they will like it too. That is it for me, friends. I am out. Peace. Bye-bye.